Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Universal Dialect Show. This is show number 27. Uh, I have on a great guest, a uh, friend of mine from way, way back. Uh, he's a DJ. He's half of the vinyl show called Above the Clouds Radio, which premieres every Saturday from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can catch that at www.abovethecloudsradio.com. want to introduce Kems. What's up, my dude? Peace, bro. What's up, man? How you doing? Chilling, brother. Did I get everything right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you left out you left you left out all the stuff that needed to be left out, so we're good. You sure? I what was that what, what was that what what would I have said that should have been left out? Oh, you know, just like oh. general general clown. <laughs> things like that. <laughs> I got you. I got you. The important stuff I left out. Yeah, 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 yeah. The incriminating shit. <laughs> the ex- incriminating, exactly, man. So let's jump into this dude. Like I've known you for such a long time. Like you were my first best friend when I got here to Florida in 1989. And I remember, okay, so I lived on Amberwood. This is in Kissimmee. I lived on Amberwood. And I think you lived across the street from Emerald Green. I lived in Emerald Green. Oh, you lived in Emerald Green. Yeah. Apartments, right? Yeah, yeah. You remember the apartments across from Emerald Green? Dorado. Yes, Dorado. Damn, you got a good memory. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not really. You know what it is? It's like... uh. It's like um old guy memory where you remember everything from when you were young, but now I can't re- I fucking can't remember anything anymore, bro. I, I dude, I'm with you, man. I just did yeah. an interview an hour ago with an, another you know uh, artist, and I'm trying to recall names that I used to talk easily. Names used to come out. Now I, I couldn't recall shit. I had to like be like, fuck, man. But anyway, yeah. So I I knew you back then, and you used to hang out with the dude that was on my block. Do you remember who that was? Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> My man Bobby Randall, man. Rest yeah. in peace. Rest in peace. What happened with him? You know, honestly, I'm not sure, man. I, I I lost contact with Bobby. You know, like, so I knew Bobby through my, my homeboy, BJ. He was my, he was one of my best friends when I was a kid. And uh, that was his cousin, his younger cousin. But, you know, we were all, you know, when you're young, every, you know, age isn't as big of a deal, I guess. Right. And uh, so, yeah, we would stay, we would stay at uh, Bobby's place sometimes. And yeah, he lived right across the street from you. So interestingly enough, Bobby, you know, I mean, you lose contact. Like, you know, I left Kissimmee when I was like 17, 18. Um, but he ended up having like a a hip hop career. He, really? Uh, yeah, I know. He, I know he had like some stuff that got played on like, you know, like mainstream radio or whatever. You know, he was making, you know, I, I don't even know. I can't say that I, I, I peeped his music or whatever, but. Right. I know he had like a like a regional hit, you know, and he was like on, he would get played on like one or two jams and shit like that. What what was he under? Bro, I'm the worst man. I I honestly don't know. I just always called him Bobby. You know what I mean? And, uh, <laughs> Got to you. Yeah. And, uh, and but Bobby always had um uh, health issues, and I think he had like some, there was like some kind of complication, and I think he was living in California or at least spending a lot of time in California doing you know recording show business stuff and unfortunately like you know was in and out of hospitals pretty frequently at, at one point and then next thing i know you know like you know you just through social media or people right. text or whatever you know you find out that he passed away like i had reconnected with him through facebook i think when i was still on there this was years ago and you know talked to him for a little bit and it was good to catch up you know it was my boy um but yeah he ended up passing away and that sucks bro 
Yeah. I wonder if I heard his stuff. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, it, cer it certainly wasn't like in in you know the the pantheon of things that you know we're into. Right. I think it was more like commercial stuff. Right. But, but um, but yeah, I I think he was doing his thing for a little while, which is dope. Yeah, I, I didn't even know that, man. That's crazy, dude from Kissimmee winds up doing some serious shit like you know <laughs> better yeah, than what we better than what we did like when we tried our shit but uh totally. um so get into the origin story of 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 i'm not gonna say your real name but chems like where you were <laughs> born raised because i know i met you in Kissimmee, but i don't think you were born and raised in Kissimmee, right nah so i was born in mexico city in mexico but came very young to central florida you know i had um and it was my mom and my sister and i we we came up had a had a dad who was you know just not a savory guy you know was physically abusive with my mom and had substance abuse issues and stuff and and my mom tried to like get away at one point but like even staying in the country was not enough because my father uh his family was pretty well to do from what i understand and uh was it was always able to track us down whenever my mom would try to get away or whatever. So eventually, like we had to like leave the country. Um, and do so, you know yeah, like why Florida, of all places? Like, so, um, my mom had a my mom worked in the airline industry. She was a a flight attendant, I guess, a, what they were called air, stewardess back then, but now they're flight attendants. Yep. And. Uh, and she had a friend through that line of work that, who was also a flight attendant um, that lived in St. Cloud, which is, you know, for those that don't know, just south of Kissimmee in Central Florida, you know, like Disney World area. Right. And and, and so we came and, and it, my mom, my sister and I stayed with them in their living room. I remember like, you know, being like four years old or whatever and uh, like at least a couple months we were on, on their floor in their living room, you know, just like in sleeping bags or whatever until, you know, my mom got a job as a, a housekeeper in a motel. And then when she was able to save up enough money, we got our own apartment. And what, yeah, what, year, that, what, I, what year was this? Was so I want to say maybe like 83, man, maybe even younger, dude. 81 right so you were in central florida in 81 yeah yeah we came we came early dude yeah i was born in 77 so yeah i mean if i was like three or four years old it had to be right. like 80, 81 you know and so what was it like dude because when i got to okay so to me coming from new york city yeah Kissimmee in 89 bro was like a culture shock to me i'm, I'm going I'm, I'm in the woods hillbillies and shit i can imagine like what was that like for you man so I would imagine probably it was a bigger shock for you, dude. You know, it it's a lot more difficult because you were probably old enough to remember all these things, right? Like you weren't four years old. No. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. I know when I met you, we we were older. Right. But um, I would imagine there was some culture shock. Obviously, you know, English not being my first language, you know, coming from Mexico. But again, I was still so young, too, that I hadn't like, you know, I didn't you know, have like a, a group of friends and had to leave them and, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, like, I think just 
being caught up in the necessity of having to leave and everything was just was what it was. You know what I mean? And, and what I recall more than like necessarily culture shock was um, going from a life where we had things, you know, like, you know, we had, we had a house, we, you know, like I said, my father's family was well to do. Um, and then coming here and having absolutely nothing and being super poor. And I think that's really what weighed on me as being a kid when we first came to the country was that more so than cultural things. I just wasn't old enough to be aware of that kind of stuff. You right. Know I mean? Right. I, th I think the reason other than of course, music that you and I connected and, and it's me, you and my brother, right? Because my brother yeah. was a part of it. Yeah. I think it's because you grew up with a single mother and I grew up with a single mother and we were both fucking poor, both families. You know, your mom was struggling, yeah. hustling to do and my mom was hustling to do her shit. Um, so I think that's really why why you and I connected other well, than the music. Yo, and the other thing I remember too is like music for sure. Like that was our primary <laughs> like bond bonding point. But I also remember being young and being like hella into music. And I've always been nerdy about music and fucking snobby about music. And, you know, and not that I didn't have friends that, you know, didn't like all the same kind of music I did. But I specifically remember at a young age being like, yo, like most dudes that are super into music, or at least the ones that I was meeting, like they weren't into sports. And I was super into sports, too. And then, you know, you played baseball, we play, you know, everybody played basketball in the neighborhood and so football, whatever. Right. And so right. like when I came across some people that were like super into music and, and really into sports too, like I was like, all right, this is dope. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to tell a story later about <laughs> how we kind of like disconnected, but then I connected with you later and you were a completely different person, but we'll get into yeah, that later. Right. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Yeah. And you'll probably remember what I'm talking about, but anyway, um, so you're into the hip hop culture, obviously, but what got you into hip hop, right? Like, how did you get introduced to it, and what what about it did you love? You know, that got you like really into it. So, I guess uh, the way that I got into it was my my uncle. I, you remember Uncle Alex? I love your uncle Alex is fucking awesome. I loved your uncle Alex, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know him and I are, you know, he's my uncle, but we're only five and a half, six years apart, right? So he's essentially my older brother, right? And right. So, you know, and then we we shared a room a lot of the time. You know, um, he eventually came from Mexico as well, and and lived with us off and on. So him and he, and since he was older, you know, like he was running with older kids and he was into hip hop. He was into to house, you know, he had a crew of friends that he would run around with and they were at the time I thought they were, Oh God, these guys are DJs. And, you know, later on they were kind of just DJing cause that was a way to get in and meet chicks and, you know, do what they did. But, um, but really that's, that's the way I got into it, dude. And like, you know, I just remember like being young Going, going to the record stores with my uncle, he, picking tape, you know, like I remember him picking up like, you know, Run DMC's Raising Hell or LL's Bad or, you know, Fat Boy's Crushing, Houdini, Back in Black. Um, Like I remember those four tapes specifically for sure. And then, you know, just coming home, rocking them shits, 
you know, videos were still a thing when we were kids, you know, and, and I'm sure we'll get into all that, you know, but um, so it, it seemed very, you know, like for a kid where, you know, my mom worked like crazy. I really, you know, until I got a little older, I wasn't necessarily allowed out until unless my mom was home. So I spent a lot of time at the crib watching TV, listening to music, you know, memorizing songs. So it was it was kind of like my escape, you know, and then. And then because I played sports as a kid, you know, playing ball and stuff and being like the only Mexican guy on the basketball team on everybody, you know, with, with a bunch of other black kids on the basketball team, they're all into rap, you know, they're playing their shit. I'm playing my shit, you know? And so, you you know, you, you start to learn about what, what things people are into. It's, you know, at least, at least what I remember when we were young, dude, like hip hop was everywhere. It was, it was like, it was immersive. Like it, it wasn't something really that you had to like, look, look out to to find like it was there it was in your face you know it was part of what was going on and i just like immediately fell in love with it you know like my uncle and had some jamaican homeboys and they had a breakdance crew and so like yeah b-boying was always around me you know they were djs so that was always around me you know like it, it, it was always there it was always there for me right right the thing that i remember about you too like you talking about how you weren't allowed to go out you know what i mean you like you didn't break rules. You were very structured. Hell no, and, I was scared of shit of my mom, dude. Well, that that's being structured, bro. You don't you didn't want the chancla thrown at you and shit. You don't want to <laughs> yeah. get fucking your ass whooped. But right. what I also noticed too, like for your age, you were like extremely mature for your age. So when I would hang out with you, I wasn't hanging out with like a little like a, a, a younger person. Like you were kind of like on my level. You know what I mean? That's how I felt. Like, oh, yeah, you know, he's my homie. He's on my level. You know what I mean? So uh, I remember, I just remember that. I remember you being very structured and because you, you didn't want to get your ass whooped and being very mature. <laughs> you know, it's like, because, because we were poor and, and like you said, we were from single parent households, you know, like in, in essence, my mom, my mom ruled the house through fear, dude. And like, and, and by being strict, you know what I mean? And I, I, you know, I tell kids like a lot of the shit that my mom used to do. And like, I don't know, like probably nowadays that shit is like borderline child abuse. But like yeah. she didn't she didn't have a fucking choice. You know, like if you weren't scared to break the rules, there was nobody there to tell you, yo, you're breaking a rule. Like, you know, you you if if I didn't have that fear in me, you right. know, so my, my mom had no choice but to run a strict household. You know what I mean? And and the expectations of me because I was, you know, deemed a smart kid from a young age was you know, that I had to, I, I had to do extra well in school or like everything else is off the table, you know? So like, you know, most, most kids, they come home with ABCs on their report card, shit is swell. Like for me, if I didn't have straight A's, I don't go out till the next report card. Right. I remember that, dude. I'm grounded dude. for nine months. Right. I remember, dude, weeks. like Sorry, nine weeks. trigonometry, homie, like. Like I'm fucking like about to graduate high school. You're still probably like just starting high school and you're doing trig like nothing, bro. But because <laughs> you know that if you don't do that shit, you're gonna get ass whooped, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean, you know, it it sucked. You know, you would look at it when you're a kid, it's like, damn, this shit sucks. Like everything is so strict. But like looking back at it now, you know, like I, I still did my fair share of like knuckleheaded things as a kid, but I, I knew well enough when to stop, dude. You know, like right. whereas a lot of my friends didn't have those boundaries <clears throat> and, and ended up in 
worse places because of it and not right. not to their, not to their fault they just didn't have the guidance that my mom gave us you know and so right I, now that i'm older i'm super thankful for it but you know at the time it was like shit like nobody else has to deal with all this not only that man i mean you know you're you and i we're people of color too right so and 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 your mom knew the pitfalls that were out there you know the stuff that you can get into that can take you down the wrong path and i think that you may not have known it but she was trying to protect you from going down those paths Oh yeah, that, absolutely. That, I mean, know. it's not like you know. I I didn't live in the 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 mega hood, but I also right. didn't live in the nicest place either. So it was it was there. It was in our neighborhood. You know, what right? I mean? There was shit going down. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy shit going down. Um, so before we get into like when you and I and my brother and Clark, and then later on Dewey, we formed this group. Like, when did you start like rapping? And when did you start thinking like, oh, you know, let me let me possibly become an artist let me let me try it i mean it's <laughs> funny dude like because yours and and my relationship it was at the time when like yo, damn we're, we're, we're gonna rap yo you know what i mean like i don't I, I think of it now and i'm just like yeah i guess everybody has their rap phase you know what <laughs> i mean you know what I, but i think it was probably all around the same time we all we all did you know what i mean like i just was like yo i could I could give this shit a whirl, you know what I mean? And sat in my room and started writing the, you know, the best raps I could. And, you know, there was always somebody rapping somewhere. It wasn't hard to find a place where, you know, you could go and, you know, kick a verse or whatever. Right. Test your shit. Yeah. And then we had, you know, we had our group of friends and, and, you know, everybody, everybody kind of got into it simultaneously. So it was pretty much just like, yo, what's up? You going to do this or not? And then, you know, you know, everybody started doing it. I can't tell you what year that was. I'm, I'm terrible at that kind of shit. But I mean, I'd have been like middle school, I'm guessing, dude. Yeah, it was like, uh, okay, so we met in 89. Yeah, so I was definitely in middle, yeah, I was in middle school in 89. Like We weren't, rhy- we didn't start rhyming until you moved to um, Reef Club. Okay. So do you remember when around that time, when the time you moved to Reef Club, the apartment complex? Because you moved oh. to Reef Club, and then I lived in a spot called Heron Lake, which was not too far from Osceola Mall. So I used to walk with my brother to your house to watch yeah. Rap City. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> with Clark. We used to meet Clark because Clark lived not too far from you either. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that that was probably like eighth or ninth grade, like 91, 92, I would, I, I would assume. Yeah. yeah so that's yeah, wild, yeah. dude. Yeah, so then, so then we formed like this group called Verbal Mechanics, and then... We were just rhyming, right? We that weren't shit performing. is a super '90s rap name, by the way. Let's just get that out. Of oh, the way. without a doubt, that's like deep typical, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> typical nerdy fucking. Yeah, that's yeah, great. That's great. <laughs> and we didn't spell it like you know we we spelled it ebonically, you know, with oh, the mechanics. Of course, of course. I think it's what M M E K N I K S. So verbal was regular, and then mechanics was M E K A N I K S. So okay, word. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but I remember the name. I don't remember the spelling though. But yeah, yeah, for sure I remember the name. <laughs> so then we met, right? And then we we would just rap amongst ourselves. And then I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think there was this thing going on at the Lions Club. Do you remember that? No. Okay. You, you could be. Do you right, know what though. the Do you know what the Lions Club is? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, there was like a party, and then they uh-huh. had like 
you know, DJ there, and I think Dewey was there. Okay. And then they somebody bought a mic and plugged it in, and then people started just rhyming. And then me, you, my brother, and Clark, we got up and we started rhyming. Wow. And that's I think tough. that that's how we met Dewey. Okay. And then Dewey uh said, Hey, you know, I, I make beats. Because remember, we were we were supposed to link up with so many people that had supposed equipment and it never worked yeah. out. They never yeah, had yeah, anything. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's always that. Everybody got a cousin that does something. Yeah, man. And yeah. we never had anything. But he, Dewey was actually a, a legit person that made beats. Yeah, because he he came from up north as well, right? And so he had, yeah, he he was he was on it. He was he was like ahead of it. Yeah, his his okay. So how it goes is his dad was a, a radio personality in New York. Okay, and I think his uh, Madman Marty. I think that's what his his radio name was. So he was kind of like uh he was kind of like an alternative radio personality, very similar to Howard Stern, but he wasn't like a shock jock. Right. He was just alternative. And I think he was on the same radio station that Howard Stern was on because they had like this radio station in New York where they would put alternative people on, you know, because you had your sports stations, your sports radio stations, you had your your WBLS and you know, that played music, then you had like you know, the new stations. And then you had like these alternative stations where you had like, you know, they play uh, Caribbean music that they weren't playing on the radio, you know, shit like that. And then, and then, so his dad was like this radio personality that played music and would talk. It was like a talk personality. And so that's how he got into like the, the industry, so to speak. And then he passed a lot of that stuff on to, to Dewey and Dewey learned about equipment and all that. That's how that all started with him. You know, that's dope. That's dope. And then, and then they moved to uh, the Virgin Islands. He formed a group with Drex. Do you remember Drex? Dewey's boy. I remember boy. the name. I remember the yeah, name. Jama- uh, West, West Indian, I think. I think he's originally West Indian. Then he moved to the St. Thomas. But they formed a group, did some demos and music. And then that's how he got the bug, essentially. And then moved to Florida. And he tried to push shit. And it never stuck because he was alternative like us. We were, we, we all weren't rhyming about you know, popping bottles and and girls and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was he was always he was super creative guy. Yeah, yeah, very very creative. And then we did a demo. Do you remember the demo? I do. Do you have a copy of it by any chance? No, dude, I cannot get a copy of that. That's hilarious. He he has it, but he says that he doesn't. He can't find it, or it's lost somewhere. I would love a copy of that shit, man. Yeah, nah, man. Unfortunately, no. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's better. It's for the better. <laughs> maybe it is for the better. But the, but there's a rumor, and I don't know if you heard the rumor. Okay, so I'm gonna make another connection. Remember DJ Celsius? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so we we did this demo. Do you remember the process? I don't know. I'm I'm trying to test your memory. See if you no, know. dude. No, no. I I honestly don't. I, Do you remember I, where we recorded the demo at? No. In your room, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, we did it on a four track because Dewey had a four track. Okay. And and I think it was uh he had it hooked up to like a cassette, some shit, and then he made the beat. Do you remember the name of the song? No. <laughs> <laughs> You're making me feel terrible, dude. It's all right, dude. It's all right, man. It's so long ago. The only reason is because I've been looking for it. It was called the challenge. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I did not remember that. That's yeah, wild. yeah. Do you remember kind of how it started the beat? No, you no. probably don't. No, they had like, dude. like, like, like war drums. 
like you know like like uh african like war drums to to start it off and then you know had like you know whatever the the rest of the beat but um we recorded in in your room and we did that we did the demo and then celsius said he had a connection in new york where he can like make like two or three copies and he can drop it off and the rumor is that it got played on one of the radio stations in new york that's wild really yeah and then it got well this is the rumor that it got mixed reviews so we got ah. some good reviews and we got some people that were like what the fuck is what, what are they rhyming about so ah, to speak right. You know? right right so that's that's the that's that's the deal right that's that's the demo man but um that's dope so we did that right we did the demo we never did anything after that and i think it wasn't the right time dude i think because you were about to graduate high school if i'm not mistaken and you already had plans to do things you know i was already i was the oldest out of everybody you right. know and right. i was i was about to start a family soon like it was around the corner for me to start a family and then we just didn't do anything after that but so what happened after that demo to like you moving to my you know south florida like can you go through the chronological order of what yeah. went down because yeah sure. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> so i definitely stayed active rapping you know was was rapping graduated high school in 95 right talent so, show right weren't you in the talent show too with a friend Oh yeah, so yeah, that's true. So then, so I got with I'm I'm I formed another like local rap crew. Me and my boy Ree, who's still in Kissimmee. I, I see him every once in a while if I go back there. But he got like you know, shout out my homie Ree. He got like he got like nine hundred kids. It's alright. I probably know one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so we, yeah, we we did yeah we did like you know the talent show at the. At what, the what was the name of the group? <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I gotta get these details if you can remember. Was it the pr prophetic two dudes from Kissimmee or something? No, 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 definitely nothing like that. I think it, um, man, I don't know. I know at one point in time we used to joke around and call ourselves Armed and Dangerous. Maybe that was it. <laughs> I, I really don't remember. I had a poster of David Robinson in my room, and that should said Armed and Dangerous. Yeah, yeah. On original asses, we're like, yeah, that's our rap group name. Yeah. But I don't know if that's what stuck. But uh, but yeah, yeah. So you know, we would do shows. I remember just like you know, go, going around battling, go to ciphers and shit. Um, I ended up graduating high school. Um, I stayed. I stayed in Central Florida and went to community college just because you know couldn't afford. You know, I got accepted to like really really good schools, but I I couldn't get full scholarships and. So I, I decided to stay, went to Valencia, which is a community college in Orlando. Um, and while I was there, I met a couple, uh, I met a homeboy of mine, uh, Randy from Pine Hills. Cause I was going up to like one of the Orlando campuses. So there's a lot of cats from Pine Hills up there. Him and I started put a little group together. We were rhyming. We were, you know, we were all, we would go all over, bro. Like we would go to all the shows in Pine Hills, all the, all the spots, battling fools, um but you know i think more than anything when i look back dude like you know i was you know i was doing the school thing i was also just a knucklehead you know experimenting with drugs and smoking tons of weed and doing all kinds of other stupid shit i probably shouldn't have been doing but you know such is life 
And so I never like put my best foot forward towards it, you know? Um, and I eventually, uh, you know, I had a, I had a, you know, it was tough to, to like stay on an academic track while being, while still living at home and all of my homies are, you know, out in the streets, you know, doing, doing what they did. Right. Um, so it was difficult trying to juggle those two things. Right. So I eventually just made the decision to, um, I had, I had some friends that went to the university of Florida up in Gainesville. I had gotten accepted there and I knew I could get in there. It's a good engineering school. And I always wanted to be a civil engineer anyway. So I left Kissimmee. I went and lived with, with my boys. Uh, we and I lived there from probably ninety seven or eight until I graduated there in two thousand one. When I when I was up there, I was still writing rhymes, but honestly, was getting more into the music. I ended up I I got an MPC two thousand back then. I started getting super in the music, you know. Find, oh, where'd this sample come from? Where'd that sample come right. from? Getting into records, started buying records. So I would still write raps, but I really wasn't as passionate about trying to record anything or do that stuff. I, I definitely got way more into DJing. I, I spent all my loot while I was in college on weed and records. And, uh, you know, just practicing DJing all the time, DJing little house parties here and there. And that was really like, it was a lot easier to to do that because you can you can kind of do DJing in in a you know in a on your own for lack of a better term. Right, you could be you could build your own brand or or just be on per, your own or person. do whatever you know, and you meet cats and you know you you know you guys get little gigs here and there and you know whatever you know. I mean, it's not like you know Gainesville <laughs> Ford is the hotbed for underground hip hop or anything, but they had great record stores actually. I was able to get a lot of good records that I still have to this day. And and just like become a better DJ, you know, like just practice scratch and watch, you know, watch DJ battle tapes, try to try to come up with, you know, new techniques. I was super into that back then. And at the same time, was still juggling a, you know, full course load and going for a for a, civil, a degree in civil engineering. And then summers I would come home, but I really I really wasn't out there like that when I would come home. I would stay with my mom and I had a summer internship. I was doing engineering during the summers. Um and yeah, I was that's basically what I was doing till 2001. I graduated from University of Florida in 2001 and then started interviewing, you know, during my senior year in college, like where do I want to go? Right. Type of thing. <laughs> And, you know, at the time, like University of Florida was, it's a pretty prestigious school for civil engineering. When I was there, it was like top 10 in the country for civil engineering programs. So lots of companies, it was easy to like interview with anybody you wanted to. And you could, you know, if you wanted to get a job in California or Chicago or wherever, like it, it was easy. You could, you could make those connections. And that's initially what I thought I wanted to do. Um, so like I, I was interviewing for jobs like in Chicago and here and there. And then, you know, I ended up oh, just really, deciding. so you, so you had opportunities to get the hell out of Florida. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> wow. Interesting. And, uh, and then I was like, look, I, you know, like, you know, my mom is still in central Florida 
And, you know, while I'm certainly not Mr. Family, I'm, I've, my mom and I have always been super close and I didn't want to move halfway across the country where it would be difficult to, to see my mom. So I, I ended up having the thought like, yo, South Florida would be, you know, a, a good compromise. You know, Miami's there. Right. I it's not far from Central Florida. I can I, I can come and see 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 my mom. Um, so that's what I ended up deciding on. I, I took a I took a job with like a, a private consulting firm. Excuse me. And um and yeah, and moved to Fort Lauderdale in May of two thousand one. Wow. And I've been here ever since, dude. Yeah. I mean, you know, mo- moving around to different cities in Central right. Florida. I've never I've never lived in Miami. I'm more I'm more like the idea of uh having access to the city. Right. But, but not living in the city. Right. You don't have to have the fun in the you know, by living in the city. You can just yeah, be I don't on the need, outskirts. I don't need to live in I don't need to live in a high rise in downtown Miami. You know? I, don't, <laughs> I got you. To, to, that's that's for me it's too much. Like I'm still from Kissimmee. Like right. That's it, it's just too hectic for me. Right. You got you still got suburbia in your blood, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So like um so yeah, so you know, just ended up getting a little apartment by myself and and came down here not knowing anybody, you know, and um and kind of started a, a a brand new life. I got you, brother. So between that time, right, from when we did the demo all the way up to 2001 where you moved to to, you know, South Florida, um to me like, you know, they talk about this golden age of hip hop. You know how it was when you and I and Clark and my brother would get together and we go to your house and every fucking day, like Rap City and UMT Raps play like new videos with MCs that would and artists that would bring new like like new styles and new shit to the table. Like what 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 was that like watching and being a part of that throughout all those years up until two thousand one? Because I think like after two thousand two or three, that's when things really started to change. But we'll get into that. Talk about like the excitement of all this new shit that's constantly coming out. So I mean, I'm super, super grateful to have come up when we did, dude. Like, um, yeah, dog. Like, the beauty of that time was that, like you said, like that the, there wasn't like this homogeneity that there is now in 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 uh, in hip hop. And I don't think it's necessarily hip hop's fault. It's just there's so much money in it now that like you know when things become that profitable then you think things become more homogenous because once they find something that makes a shitload of money they just keep running back to the well until people get tired of it and like that goes with anything that goes with the fucking dummies who who can't stop watching comic book movies like you guys are like this is the same movie every time you're <laughs> you know what i mean but like but i'm super thankful because like not you know i think i think us and and our little you know crew of friends that we had as kids we were naturally or just we were open-minded kids on our own and then having you know this is pre-internet you know you have to remember so like you you turn on the tv and there's a dj quick video and then that's followed by a poor righteous teachers video and then that's followed by you know a, a queen latifah video or you know like what it was all the styles were still like nothing had necessarily taken taken over and there was still like i think even from like an, a record industry standpoint there was still like uncertainty as to what was going to be the thing and so they were fucking willing to 
to put money behind so much different shit. You know what I mean? Right. You know, like the fact that like, you know, things like freestyle fellowship videos would get run when, you know, back then is like an amazing thing to me that yeah, that would never happen. I mean, that shit is so left field and so like, you know, avant-garde from a hip hop standpoint, but like that shit was in regular rotation. I'm super thankful for that because that like, that made me open to everything. So by the time I got to like, learning about where samples come from or exploring out into different genres of music. Like I was open to everything, dog. Like I didn't want to like close my mind to anything until at least I tried it. That's not to say that I was a fan of everything that got played back then too. Like, you know, old heads love to talk about how great shit was back then. There was so much whack shit when we were around too. Right. Just like there is now. You know what I mean? There's always trash shit, you know? Right. Or just things that don't speak to you, you know, but, I think now you have to dig for it a little more. Whereas before it was, it, it was just there, dude. Like, you know, MTV played it. BET right. played it. Like it was, it, it wasn't, it wasn't hard to find. And so that, that was, that was, that was a great time, dude. I remember, uh, cause you used to record them. So I did I. Have, I still have the VHS tapes, bro. I don't think you have all of them. Cause there's one oh. video. There's one video that I asked you for that I know you recorded and you say you don't have it. So I know you don't. Have oh, so, yeah. I may, I probably don't have all, but I know I have like six or seven tapes. Full Dude, of rap videos. There was this video. I don't know if you remember it. It was by a group called The Future Sound. And yeah, they had yeah. a song called The Bop Step. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But it was yeah. the remix version, not the one that's on the album. It was a yeah, remix I have, version. I have the I have the single. Yeah. Bro, that, that was video like a promo only thing. And you know that shit was like that that was Dame Dash. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, that video when I I went to your house, you you were like, "Yo, you need to sit down." Like you yeah. told me, you told me and 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 Elliot and Clark, you guys you guys need to sit down and just record this fucking video cuz that's what it was always about. It was always about cuz I think your MTV Raps was at night. BET was usually after school when we went yeah, like it was around 4 to 6. They're 4 to 6. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was recording and you were recording. I got the recording idea from you. <laughs> you, right, you, right. you set it off. And I, I was like, okay, I got to start recording. Right. I don't know if you remember um, Bowflex. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you know how they used to like send out free VHS samples? You would dub <laughs> over them shits? Oh, I, I used to order them, bro. <laughs> <laughs> A bunch of them put the tape on it. And those, those are my things. But anyway, so... uh. So you and you and I would we would compete essentially to find the obscure video and shit like for sure. you know for you sure. I, you always you, but it was always you you always had the ill ones you had freestyle fellowship first you had a uh, YZ uh, one of one of the YZ videos you had, like all this obscure shit you had Adolf the assassin right the first video that that they played of his shit so I come to your house. And I sit and and you're like, yo, I just got this fucking the illest video, man. You guys gotta sit down. It was the Bob Step, bro. And it starts off with this ill fucking bass line. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think they're like in a fucking junkyard and shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember the video explicitly, but I mean, I'm I, I certainly still remember the song, bro. Wow, brothers break north with the Bob. Yeah, step. man. But I mean, the 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 remix version is really dope. It's better than the original from the album. Yeah, and I've always been looking for that video, bro. And I thought YouTube would have it. Nobody has that video. That's funny, man, because usually you can find that stuff nowadays. But there's still a few. There's still a few things out there you can't. 
Get. You know, you should you should convert your those tapes into like DVDs, man, and do something. So I, you know, I, at one point, um, you know, oh god damn, why am I? I'm so bad with names. Uh, I know his name's Quan. <laughs> uh, Varus Tower. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I gave him all my tapes, and he he digitized them because he was running around the country DJing videos, right? And before right. he started getting like, I know that he got like way way into it, and then started like getting like really high quality versions of stuff but i know he used my stuff like a lot when yeah doing that because i gave him a ton of stuff and he he digitized the the, the tapes and then was, was using them like you know vj right yeah he was doing that the tatami thing that sasaki lounge yeah and i know that like he went he uh i think he went on tour with that soliloquist of sounds uh group and they did yep. like some dates around the country and he was doing the video thing on that yeah that's, cool. that's dope man I, I i he gave me actual uh dvd of a bunch of videos and uh like you said he started with just getting stuff from people like us to uh contacting like i think ralph mcdaniels and mm. maybe even getting stuff from ralph mcdaniels if i'm not mistaken that's dope but uh but yeah, man. I mean, you 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 were constantly like on that forefront of finding this obscure shit, and I mean, it I fed into I've like I've always had that dude. Like, not uh, sorry for cutting you off, but um, no, no, go go. <laughs> like I I talked to my wife about it. Like you know, now it's records, but like when I was a kid, it was I've always had a collecting thing, right? And it then once you get sports it, cards, huh? Sports cards. Yeah. I had you remember that shit? Yeah, because you had yeah. a Troy Aikman fucking rookie card. Then it was like the then it was you know then it was rap tapes and then it was hip hop videos and you know too bad it wasn't like stocks. I know, man. That's when we <laughs> fell short, bro. <laughs> Collecting that no one cares about, but um, yeah. but yeah, I've just always been into that, man. So like once I once I started the 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 rap video thing, like I got super into it, dude. Like I would not only would I record videos, I would record like. Like you know, if I if I knew that like so and so was gonna be on performing on a TV show, I, you know, like you remember, like at the end of In Living Color, they would right. have people perform at the end. I would record all them yep. shit. So I like, remember that. Or like video LP on BET, they would have people re- performing on there. I would get those shits or like the late night shows, like I would record all that stuff, you know, or like MTV would do Spring Break and they'd have people perform during spring right, break. Like leaders of the new yeah. school and shit right yeah. right right I record all that shit and you know right. like yeah it was it was kind of uh obsessive so you were you were essentially a connoisseur without knowing it you were like a an archivist essentially yeah okay. just like once archivist. i get into something i just like I, I like to get into it deep you know like I'm right not, it, it's a waste of time to kind of be into it right to kind of be for into me. something for me right. yeah you know but i i certainly as i've gotten older have come to like appreciate more like yeah, just people don't give a fuck about this shit like I do, and that's totally right. fine. You know, what, what about other people, other? Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say, like, some people listen to music just because it distracts them from whatever. You know, it's right, and, and they're not, and that's fine. You know, like it, it doesn't have to be so like, you know, all all in encompassing like right, like it is for me. Right, like but background. But when, when I was a kid, I was just like. Y'all niggas don't know, you know. Like, <laughs> we were all like that, bro. Like you whack, yeah, I, man. You know, just look back at that. Like this is ridiculous, you know. <laughs> you know, like, like you just like what that. they like. Like they're probably into something that you would think is terribly ridiculous, and so <laughs> whatever. 
So Ooh. other th- other than like hip hop, like I've only known you really to be into hip hop per se. But were you into like punk, metal, anything like that? Other than that? Other um, than- so I I mean I I I, l- I like punk music when I was younger. Um, cause I ended up like I think like around the time you and I started hanging out a little less and stuff. Um, I got into skateboarding when I was younger too, and so you know you meet those kids and you know those kids are into hip hop and punk and all sorts of stuff. So I certainly got into some other shit, you know what I mean? But, um, hip hop's always been it for me, you know, like that was kind of the, it's certainly the, the Genesis for everything else. Like from like a music standpoint of what I, what I want to get into, you know, I'm like, yeah, I still like punk, but I don't run around playing punk rock anymore. Like, right. I probably, you know, I probably, shit, I probably listen to more jazz than I do hip hop nowadays. Right. Right. It's just, (laughs) I think about I think about like what I was into when I was a super music guy like as a young kid and now like some of the things I listen to and I'm just like man the the 17 year old me would fucking think I'm crazy for listening to this now you know? <laughs> I just listen to such different things now you know what I mean but your taste have changed that's what happened that's shit but for me it's why, why I love music because it's it's a it's never ending like right. I'm never gonna hit a point where I'm like yeah I listen to it all. You I got know what you. I mean? Like, yeah. is is always something new and interesting, you know, for for me to get into. Sp- speaking of skateboarding, right? Remember there was like uh, an Albertsons, and then there was Specs Music Store. Yeah, for sure. Okay, and then in there there was like also like a newspaper place that I think a friend of yours used to own. It was it's kind of like a, a a newspaper place. You could buy candy. There was comic books. They had a little section where they sold sports card uh, sports cards. But anyway, the reason why I'm asking you that is because there used to be this kid that I think you know used to skate. Always wore the fucking Green Day Dookie shirt. Wow, I, I don't know. I mean, yo, we all skated at that Albertsons. We used to get yeah, run, we used to get <laughs> run out of there all the time, and that was the specs that. I went to to get all my tapes, damn near. Yeah, you know I mean? <laughs> me too, sure. man. So me I too. put in, I put in enough work at that shopping plaza. I know that. <laughs> yeah, that, but, that kid. Um, I don't, I don't remember time. specifically what kid you're talking about. You know, I mean, I, I, I would run around skating around town with my boy Brian Heater, who's still he lives in Orlando still, and then uh, our friend Denny, he, he, uh, he skated with us. Um. But yeah, you know, I mean, that was just you know, Kissimmee's a small place, dude. So right. like, you know, small once, world. Once, yeah, once you get into like you know a click of people that are into whatever it is that you're into, you kind of like all become part of that same. Yeah, place. I remember he 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 always wore the white Green Day Dookie shirt, and he had half his head shaved, and he was a little small, little runt man, and he used huh. to hang out with all y'all all the time, sure. skating over there. Yeah, yeah, we used to skate like crazy, bro. Sure, was dope. <laughs> yeah. I have fond memories of all that stuff. Yeah, man. Right. Right. All right. So, was Specs was the the only place, bro. I used to get imports from Specs. I used to order imports from them. Tuesdays. Yeah. <laughs> Tuesdays, dog. Every Tuesday, I've been there buying whatever I could. Yep. Oh yeah. So, Hover Rock. So you're in South Florida, 2001. Yeah. You're working. Uh, how does how how do you get into Hover Rock? So, like, are you mixing in with the local underground scene there? Like, what is the scene like, the the, the culture like in South Florida when you when you initially moved there? So, yeah, I I guess that's kind of how it started, right? Like, 
I moved down here. I don't know anyone. And it's honestly the first time where I've gone somewhere where I didn't know anyone because like even when I went away to college, like I just moved into a house full of my homies from Kissimmee. And so I don't I didn't really make a lot of friends when I was in college because I, I had a whole crew already, you know what I mean? And right. Just stuck together. You know, I met a few people here and there, but it, I, I didn't have to like immerse myself in anything there. So when I moved down here, I had uh, one childhood friend that was going to medical school at UM. But obviously, he's in medical school. He's super busy. Right. And so, yeah, I remember like, you know, back in those days, message boards were a big thing. I used to be on the deaf jokes board a lot. Oh, shit. And uh, and then I remember somebody posting some shit about, uh, you know, yo, we're going to be having some ciphers down at this. Um, damn, what did they call it? I think it was called the Dollar Jam, where they, they would have like these like B-boy meetups. And you would pay a dollar and you'd get into like this like civic center. There was it was one on South Beach. So I went from Fort Lauderdale down to South Beach and I linked up with uh, my boy Shogun. Uh, well, that's what he went by at the time. Eventually, he, he became PFM. Um, and yeah, so I met him, met a couple other people and kind of, yeah, like and then, you know, you would like hear about a show. You know, like Miami did have a, a pretty like Miami Fort Lauderdale surprisingly had a pretty dope local hip hop scene already. So it wasn't hard to find like, you know, places that would play independent rap or, you know, the kind of shit that we were into. You know, so um even before getting to to um South Florida, like I went to I went to school with these kids um uh, up in Gainesville that sign you i'm sure you're probably aware where of them cyne yeah so those cats were in gainesville at the time one of them one of the producers worked in the record store who now he i think he owns a record store like out in portland or some shit and then the two mcs were there and then i think the other guy enoch the other producer he's like from originally from gainesville and they were making music i, I only bring them up not only because you know they're dope and good good dudes but they were also making music with some of these Miami guys, like Maneuvers, and um, there was like a crew of cats, Botanica del Jibaro. And... Yeah, that's where Sign is kind of linked to them, right? Sign. So they put out some records, like some of their first stuff through them. Right. Um, um, Seven, right? Isn't there a dude named there Seven? There was Seven Star. Yeah, Seven Star. Yep, that's it. Yeah, so Seven Star was down in that scene. You know, there was like Maneuvers. There was um, Cat Induce. Algorithm. Maneuvers. Wasn't algorithm right. yeah who uh plex from algorithm ended yep. up he's in mayday who like is on or i don't know if they still are but at one point they were on uh what's a tech nines label you know like they, they made some noise so there were you know there was a, a good you know and that was like the miami scene and then in fort lauderdale i hooked up with a homeboy of mine named jasper he went he had a group called the secondhand outfit um and uh, and then there was a you know a whole bustling scene in, in Fort Lauderdale, and so you know it was it was pretty easy to like really get involved in the fact that I was a DJ. They were like, "Oh shit, you're a DJ, yo! Like you want to come DJ a show, right. you know, whatever." It was pretty easy to get involved in that scene. So I mean, through that, met a bunch of you know really good people. A lot of people I still speak with to this day. And uh, the guy Shogun that I mentioned originally. 
like him and I, we just hit it off, you know, cool cat, Cuban guy, super Miami, you know, still my homie. And, uh, you know, we ended up forming, you know, a, a small crew and we were, you know, we were, you know, he, he's a really good rapper and we were making music and, and then it was originally Shogun's idea to put together Hover Rock. So Hover Rock was just like the name of the crew, um, which was just another way of saying like elevated music. Right. And, uh, and then he ended up having the idea to, to, to try to start like an indie label, you know, like that was around the time where, you know, a lot, a lot of things were getting released independently and trying to hustle your own stuff. And so it originally the, the, uh, the three cats that were involved as with running the label were, uh, PFM Shogun, uh, another homie TSE from Boston area. And then JES, the universal, which I think he was living like in Texas. Well, I know he was in Texas, but then I know homie like went out to Europe for a while or something. Yeah. Did some contract work out. He's doing contract work out there. Yeah. So shout out to those brothers. But I think like it became difficult because everybody was so like sprawled out. And right. you know, it was also around the same time where like, you know, everybody's in like their early 20s. Motherfuckers are getting wifed up. People are starting to have kids. You know, things are happening on in your personal life. And so it was difficult to like really give that the attention it needed. Kind of like us. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So then I think so. So then J J E S kind of said, nah, you know, I, he, he ended up doing his own thing. And, uh, and then I kind of took his spot. So then it was me show, uh, P I call him show PFM and, uh, and TSC. And then eventually TSC ended up getting wifed up, had a kid. He moved out to Cali. He was kind of like, yo, I'm done with this, you know? Right. And so then it became, you know, me and PFM. And then it, it, it was a, it was a whole crew of people and it wasn't just only local. Right. So like TSC was from Boston. Um, JES was Texas slash Europe, wherever he was. Um, who else? So then there was a, a, Another group, BDS, which was Orion Pax and Iron Aura. Dope. Who were who were from South Florida, but like like Palm Beach area, Boca. You know, hard hitting Boca raps. No, no, no. Really talented dudes. And yeah. uh, and then um uh God, yo, my memory is so bad, dude. I feel bad. No, because you had connections with like K the I, like you had a connection with that right, whole Right, right. So K, yeah. So like then there was that group, right? So like K the I was connected with like Comados and KO Flux and these yep. guys. KO Flux's younger brother, which I'm just like completely drawn a blank on his name. He was down with the crew. Was it Butterfly Swift? Nah, dude. I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> it's all right, bro. This is, you're talking about 2001, two, the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My apologies because it's terrible. But, yeah, so, they, you know, it was him. And I'm sure I'm for, forgetting some people. But, you know, those, like, you know, locally, it was definitely me, um, uh, PFM, Iron Oral, Ryan Pax. And then, you know, my boy Lumen was down. Right. Um, okay, so I don't know if you remember this. Can you see it? Yeah. 
No, what the hell is that? This is this is a hover rock, hover rock music, and para- this is a mixture, right? So it's got BDS on it, right? Okay. It's got TSC, right? It's got uh, K the I, got Vile, Vile's dope. Oh, Vile, super um, dope, yeah, for sure. It got Cougar Inkswell, a UK dude. No, I don't so, know who that is. Yeah, yeah. Huh? So he he's he's on the first hover rock release too. Yeah, I thought it was from Australia. It says out of the UK. Okay, that's how much I was paying attention to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's got The Molecule. Word. I don't know if you know who that is. And then it's no. got Quest the Unborn Child, my dude. No doubt. Um, it's got Iron, Iron Aura. Uh... Take Seven was the guy's name. That's Take Kale Seven, Flux. that's it. Yep. That's Kale Flux's younger brother. Right, Take Seven. He's dope. He's dope. And yeah, then... um. And Vile is also on the on the first album. Right, right. Your, I don't know. Do you have like a regular mic? No. Why? It's every once in a while it's muffling. I don't know. <laughs> I don't oh, know if it's because it's... I'm moving around. Is that all right? No, no, you're good. I, I I thought it was on my end. I was like, damn, my mic's already fucking up. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. So so take seven. Okay, and so like you had this Boston connection. You also had a connection with. Whatever Jess was bringing to the table from whatever Texas and and whatever he was doing overseas. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, like you know, we had this whole like it, it was a, a lot of talent, you know, like a lot a lot of good stuff. So you know that that was the first thing, you know, we the, the label had already been formed, and so that, that we put out a project called, which is a fucking ridiculous thing to think about about back now, but like. The first thing that we put out as a label was a compilation of a bunch of people that no one knows. Boom. Kite Crucifix Beyond. Yep. And uh and shout out to my boy Liam O'Brien from Kissimmee. You went to school with him. Yeah. He did, he did the artwork for that shit. No fucking way. This is dope, dude. Yeah. I was always wondering who did the artwork. Yeah, that's Liam, man. He created the logo too? No, the logo was created by uh I I don't know exactly who came up with it, but I know it was done like you know when they first put the label together. All right. Yeah, the cover's dope, man. Yeah, <laughs> Liam, man, shit, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. Now, now yeah, check this yeah. out. So, I had just got out of the military in two thousand two, right? So, I was stationed out in Nellis in Vegas. So I moved from from Vegas back to Florida, and I'm still writing for Insomniac at the time. So I'm I'm contacting cuz you know when we were coming up there wasn't any local groups that we knew about from central florida like the soliloquist of sound didn't really start until no that's probably, way later yeah way later and then I don't know if you know who X144 is mm-hmm. right X he had a group uh, called the uh NITE never intimidate the extremes they didn't start until like right before I left, so they, so I remember hearing NITE in '97, and I left in '98 to join the military. So this is like we had no groups in 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 our circle that were doing anything. We were the group, right? Right, right. <laughs> so, um, so when I came back, I was like, okay, I want to connect with local groups. So I connected with X and 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 Swamberger and, and their crew. And then I, I started to go down south more and I started to because okay, do you know what this is? You ever see that? Sleeve stack. Yes. I've heard of it. 
Okay. This is literally the official first non-Miami-based rap group. Okay. Right? That came out in 96. Okay. So I remember having this and saying, oh, man, I wonder if there's like a, a scene out there in Miami. And I wound up looking up Miami acts. And I found Soul What, right, which is Parable's group. I don't know if you know Parable. Yeah. And I wound up reaching out to him, and I wound up reaching out to a lot of, like, artists up there. And they would send me stuff, and I was doing reviews. And then I found, I don't know if I found Paramount first or Hover Rock, but one of them led me to the Hover Rock page, and I saw this picture of this person's face, and I'm like, I know that <laughs> I know that nose. And I was like, I know that nose, man. That's Los, man. And it just said Kim's on it, whatever. And then I reached out. And that's how I reconnected with you, man. <laughs> that's hilarious. It is hilarious, man. But it's fucking synchronicity, right? Because I could have, I was thinking at that time, I wasn't going to write for Insomniac anymore because I really wasn't into it as much. And I wound up dragging it out like maybe 10 more years. But I was going to stop. And I didn't. And I wound up reconnecting with you. You know what I'm saying? Through it. Word. So. Yeah, I just want to tell you that story, man. <laughs> no, that shit is dope, man. That's super dope. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not familiar with it because I wasn't here, but I know, I know Miami has a, a rich history, dude. You know, like tons of stuff. Like, um, my boy, my boy Ralph, he owns a record store down here in Miami, and where we do the 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 podcast from live. I'm sure we'll we'll get to that later, but. And so he always has stuff walking in, you know, people selling him records or tapes, and he'll get like crazy old you know like local rap tapes and stuff it's super cool to see all that shit you know oh really so they still exist those things yeah dude like i know he found one that he's been like after forever some group called lost straws last straws something like that really yeah and it's it's spelled s-t-r-a-w-z-e right something like that something like that yeah you know yeah something ridiculous you know what i have i have this one group they released an ep from miami they're called foul nephilim have you ever heard of them? No. Dude, I mean, like, extremely rare. I go to um uh, Quest House, and uh, I've heard about them before. Like, I saw them on, uh, I guess the artist who created the the artwork was on DeviantArts, because I have stuff on DeviantArt. And I wound up seeing the cover, and, you know, I was like, oh, I'm, that, that looks dope. He wound up having it, and he gave it to me. So I have yeah. one, of, one of those things where it's like, probably nobody even really knows this group exists. But it's pretty yeah. dope, man. It's dope shit. That's cool. So go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I don't even know what I was saying, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah. No, so, we were, we're, so we're talking we about, about like just the scene, right? And then you we were talking about uh we passed the first uh this Paramanu's um hover rock mix, and then we got into the kite crucifix beyond. So we were talking about that. Like how did that come together? How did you guys put all that together? So yeah, I mean it was basically just soliciting, like, you know, PFM came up with the idea, like, hey, let's kind of do an an, an introduction to the crew via a compilation and just started soliciting material from everybody and, and you know, kind of just going through it and picking the, you know, the, the best shit at the time, you know, and, and, and you know, the, the sound that everybody was on at the time was, you know... You know, it makes complete sense that we met through a Def Jokes board. It was very much along those those right. lines. You know what I mean? Right. And even things, you know, when we would get, you know, you know, write ups or reviews about stuff that we would put out, there was always those, you know, uh, 
those comparisons. comparisons, right? Yeah, which is crazy because that's the music like that we all loved and you know looked up to and shit. Um, so yeah, you know, we just solicited all the material and you know picked out you know however many you know seventeen I forget how many actual tracks are on there and try to at least give you know every every person shine you know on it and that that was kind of the the first thing but you know it was it was also like a weird time because that came out when everything was in flux streaming and and the whole download thing and right was was like the way that people consume music and so it's like how the hell do you sell physical media you know cd we didn't have enough money to put together vinyl so we pressed up a ton of cds well i mean not even a ton but we pressed up cds and and it's like it it became challenging to like you know how how do you sell this and you know i mean it it did okay i mean you know for for what it was but um it was an interesting learning experience for sure because it was very much in like a the a flux and 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 a and a learning experience of like wh what should we be doing because this is really all the first time we're doing this like you know and i being involved in this for so long now it's it, you know the adage but it's like artists are really good at making art not so much at selling it you know or or you know the commerce side of it which right. is super important if you want well to get th that's why that phrase starving artists is so like prevalent because artists are really good at knowing what they want to create and they create what, what, what they do, you know, like they, they, they manifest whatever it is that they have on their mind. They just have no, they don't have the skills of how to push that, to make money off of that, to make it like, you know, to get something out of it financially out of it. Usually, you know, yeah, we're yeah, not good yeah. at that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a different, it's a different skill set, And, you know, certain people are lucky enough to have all of that in one. But I, you know, you quickly learn a lesson that like, shit, man, we, we need to like learn a lot on that side of it because I'm, you know, to this day, I'm still like super proud of all of that music that we ended up putting out through the label. Yeah, it's great music. And and I let me, like I don't mean to cut you was, off, dude, but yeah. that whole thing about you being compared to Def Tricks, which, yeah, there there's similarities to Def Tricks, but as much as I love LP, he wasn't the first Billy person to kind of have a style like that i mean i remember reviewing in 95 96 atmosphere from the rhyme sayers camp those rhyme sayers dudes were doing beats like that and i mean in all of that sort of style that industrial sort of like avant-garde like beat making style really comes from the bomb squad you know what i mean so yeah um, but i mean I, the, I think the comparisons come from i don't not i don't think anybody was saying that deaf jokes or lp or any of them com compared it but they certainly were like the zenith of all of that they right in my, in my mind they did that shit the best you know like i think it's fucking amazing how successful that guy is now like that yeah shit, he deserves it that shit is the coolest shit in the world to me you know and like so you know any sort of comparison to that that's fucking great in my book right you know? absolutely all right, so let's get into like uh, after the after this EP, not the EP, but the compilation gets released. Um, what was the plan next? Like, what was gonna be? Were you gonna continue to do compilations, you guys, or were you gonna release artists from from your camp? 
Yeah, so that was that was honestly the plan was like, okay, now we should start doing, you know, actual projects from specific artists, right? But then it just becomes a it just everything became a clusterfuck, dude. People start you know, people started having kids. I fucking drank too much in my twenties and thirties. <laughs> um you know, we can get into that. Like I, I developed a real problem with all that stuff, you know? And so it was hard to like be fully functioning when you're, when you're, when you're focused on partying and, you know, being in the scene, but not necessarily like fully putting everything you have into like the creative and business side of what you're trying to do. Right. You know, once, once we got our foot in the door, like it was easy to get on shows. It was easy to do stuff, you know, and you know, not to say that we didn't continue to put out a, you know, we, we had a few more releases and they were dope, you know, like PFM put out a a thing with um another Boston cat DJ manipulator called kill ugly remix, which were just like DJ manipulator remix joints of, uh, there you go. Promo, <laughs> you know, and they, and they, they had like a small tour off of that, you know, and, and that shit was again, super well received, you know, manipulators are you know another you know those two together really talented cats you know like i know manipulator has beats like on the new ag record and um you know so he's doing his thing um and then there was a plan to put out a, a pfm uh solo record but you know for all for all of his gifts focus is not one with my boy and so it just never came to fruition i mean he would just churn out so much material but it was difficult to like you know like harness all of that creative energy into into like yo like let's make one project you know what i mean right he just he's just he's just so creative that it's difficult it, it was difficult and i didn't know i didn't know how to do it so you know probably my fault more than any, anything else but then pfm actually did do um the PFM and Iron Ore Pomegranate Sunset uh, record. Great, great album. Which is super dope. And I guess I, I'd like to come back to that. You know, then, then we also linked up through my homegirl Alba with Just One Art from uh, Adam's Family. Right. You know, speaking of like company flow and that whole camp. And, uh, and we put out, unfortunately, digitally only. And now really, we were trying to get behind that. But that's, that's it. You know, I always felt bad about it because Jess is a really dope dude um, and also talented and creative guy. And we put out a record uh, digitally called Dark City of his, where it's him on production, him him on MCing duties. And it was conceptual and really well thought out and really good record. But it was also at the time where, like, again, like everything is kind of falling apart around us. And so I... I didn't put the energy that that project deserved, dude. And I mean, I, it's still out there on Bandcamp. You guys can check it out. Like, look it up, man. It's the name of his group is called the paradoxical state and it's, it's called dark city. And that shit is, that shit is worth your time. It's dope. I have it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, you know, and it was cool, kind of surreal to be working with somebody from Adam's family, you know, and, um, but he's really good guy, you know, and he's a, he's a lawyer, you know, in his, in his day job. <laughs> super super cool cat and um and then really the last thing we did was the the pfm and iron ore pomegranate sunset 
um album which was 2012 yeah it's been a while 2012 2013 has been about 10 years um and that was super well received i mean you know we did so many shows around the state and probably even some outside the state um people always dug that shit the 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 music on that project is high energy and i would think also i i think also because it was a good mixture of like you know pfm is like you know he's 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 artsy he's abstract as an mc super creative and then iron ore is more on like some boom bap type shit you know but like not so regressive he's still putting new new spins on things and that was a really dope mixture of styles you know like that project is iron aura fully on production with help on a couple tracks i think manipulator did one joint and then like our homie sandor played like some live drums or maybe help with drum programming on one of the tracks but besides that it was all iron aura and then they were both mcing on the on the joint um right. and it was super cohesive because of that right it was you know like if you listen to Kai Crucifix, it's fucking all over the place. There's so many styles. One thing that it, it has in common throughout is that everything is super abstract and weird, which, <laughs> you know, is our bag. Right. But but this one was, like, really focused, you know, and I think, like, artistically, like, we were figuring it out. We still didn't know what the hell to do from a business standpoint. But that record is dope, man. And, and you know, we have um, a homeboy of ours, DJ Fisher, who used to run Domination Recordings. I remember domination recordings, and uh, you know he he did work with all sorts of people, and you know Count Bass D, MF Grimm. I think he did some stuff with Doom, you know, and tons of other, you know. He's a white dude, right? Yeah, white guy. Yeah, I remember he him. Up. He lived in Orlando for a while. Yeah, I think, I think he's he, he's up in New York now, and he decided to start. You know, he he was in the biz for for a minute, then you know, due to some personal stuff, he stepped away for a bit. And now he has a, a a label called Mad Good Records. And then he reached out and he's like, yo, I want to get back in the game. What do you guys think about like, you know, giving this, giving the PFM and Iron Ore project like a a proper like physical release. And so that's where we are now. Like, it's crazy that you asked me to podcast because usually I don't have shit to sell except for, you know, <laughs> a handsome face. Dude, I, I have to have your handsome face on my podcast, bro. Come on. You know what I mean? But... But uh, I guess, you know, I, um, you can go on Instagram. Uh, it's at Mad Good Records. And, um, and we got cassettes and CDs right now. And, I, I'm, and then I think the, the digital is, I mean, you can stream it anywhere right now. It's on all, right. the, all the, you know, Spotify's and Apple. I Music have to and- buy it, bro, because I lost my copy. I'm, I was looking for it for this podcast, and I cannot find it. When when you guys ori- originally released it physically, it was a digipack, right? That sounds about right, dude. It because it, it wasn't like a regular like in a CD plastic case. Like it was a like tool case. Yeah, it might have been. I I honestly don't remember, dude. I don't even have one. Um, but now it like it's nice, man. It did it, you know, and kept the original artwork, you know, and just kind of put like some real packaging behind it. So like, and and the hope is, you know, we can flip enough of these tapes and cds and then put out put out a proper vinyl release you know hopefully later later this year that'll be dope um so yeah man anybody who's interested you know the music's out there you can go on youtube you can find you know just look up pfm and iron aura you can listen to the whole thing on Bandcamp, pfm and iron aura and then uh if you're interested in buying something hit up mad good records man it's good people um 
And I think the project holds up, dude, 10 years later. Like, you know, oh, yeah. having, to, having to listen to it, you know, in preparation for, like, you know, putting it back out and all that. I was surprised. Because a lot of times you go back and you're like, oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're like, oh, shit, this ain't as good as it used to be, dog. <laughs> but that, that, shit, that shit's still heat. Right. You know? and, and, and even just telling people around, you know, South Florida, like, yo, like, you know, we're going to people were hype, man. You know, like it's a well-regarded record from it is. It's great. From, it's a great album, man. South and Florida. I remember uh, the videos, too. You guys did some dope videos for the, for a lot of those yeah. tracks, man. Yeah, like, yeah, they did videos. My homie Pap did who's from Kissimmee. Yeah, he did. He lives down here and he he did all the videos. Um, Yeah, dude. So it's a uh, it's kind of a trip. You know, it's like. Not that I don't still DJ, but I was, you know, I haven't DJed for like a rap group in a minute. Right. And uh, and having that like part of my life come back uh, has kind of been a trip because, you know, I'm just like, man, I thought, you know, this chapter in my life was kind of over. But uh, my dog's trying to eat some food. She shouldn't be trying. It's to all right. It's all right. So a after Pomegranate Sunset, like I didn't hear nothing from the label. So, I mean, it's up to you how far you want to get into that. But, like, what happened? Like, you, it just it felt like the train stopped and then there was nothing else coming out. Yeah, so, I mean, it it it, it really is – it really did happen, I guess, abruptly is that. Like, um, PFM had a kid and really needed to, you know, start grinding to support his family. And Iron Aura wasn't far behind him with a kid. And then, you know, I was just dealing with – um with like my own demons, like I mentioned before, you know what I mean? Like I, I, you know, always liked, I always liked to do drugs. They were always fun. Right. And I, I don't think that I necessarily had a drug problem, but I definitely developed a drinking problem and it got, it got really out of control. And so I had to, I had to like stop dude. And you know, I, I went, uh, I kind of had to like put everything, all the extracurricular shit that I had in my life, like kind of on hold because I needed to get my life in order, you know? And, right. you know, thankfully I, it, it didn't hit some kind of rock bottom where, you know, like I got, you know, was drunk, you know, got a DUI, killed somebody, you know, driving, you know, like that. Uh, you stopped the bleeding. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. But I mean, you know, like I had to go to AA, I had to go to meetings. I had to like, you know, it was like a real serious thing, dude. And I didn't go out for, I didn't like really go out socially for like almost two years. And uh, so it's, yeah, it's been, it's, it's been a trip, but yeah. So like, I haven't, yeah, I haven't had a drink in like almost 10 years now, man. That's good for you, brother. Yeah. yeah. You don't really need it. <laughs> Honestly, you don't. No, I had enough. I had enough, but you know, it's, it's, it, you know, um, it's been a super learning experience because like when you, when you grow, when you grow up, you know, using substances in that way, you don't realize that like, you're not dealing with like your everyday emotions. And so like, then you stop that completely. And then all of this shit hits you at once. And you're not as developed as a person of your age should be from like an emotional and mental standpoint because you just haven't developed those skills over time like everybody else in the normal life track did. Right. So and, pl and plus you only, you had just your mother there. It, uh, you didn't have a father figure to really guide you and teach you the ways, you know, like the right and wrong stuff. So like me, you had to learn by watching others and hope that you pick up the good shit, you know, like the yeah. good lessons, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 
so yeah so i mean you know these past 10 years have been a it's just been an experience dude for sure man <laughs> learning a lot about myself you know but you know life is good i got you but that's brother. really what happened with from from the label standpoint like you know it wasn't just it like at least for me it wasn't just the label like i you know i used to dj in clubs and bars and whatever regularly while still holding down my regular engineering job um but like i had to if i wanted to stop drinking i had to i had to stop all that shit i couldn't you know i mean you're a dj you don't pay to drink you i was getting nice every night you know what i mean right Right. so like you have to cut that shit out so like my life changed drastically at that period of time so like yeah once pomegranate sunset came out that was kind of like the last the last thing the label did just because everybody's life kind of exploded you know for better or worse and i think in in the long run it's it's all been for the better but you know it was it you know cats were like oh shit i'm about to have a kid oh fuck you know i got this problem i got to deal with you know it was like real it was like real things coming at you it wasn't just like you know uh you know my my girlfriend wants to you know do something silly and have to save (laughs) money you know it's like real life shit came at us and you had to make a choice you know what i mean yeah yeah so um so is it completely done or is it like on a hiatus so to speak hover rock i mean my involvement yeah i mean it's done i know i know pfm talk talks about uh wanting to release music but i think he he may end up doing that with dj through mad good and i know that he's always kept the hover rock name alive you know and i mean i still rep that shit like i mean i got it tattooed on me dog you know what i mean i got you i'm still my crew right but as far as like a label or trying to uh release music like not really like that just is not it's dead yeah yeah it was just like i look back super fondly on that time dude like it was a great time in my life you know and like made lifelong friends from that shit made you know had awesome experiences met a ton of cool people and it it did what it did you know what i mean and uh but you know i'm 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 pulling up on 50 dog like you know what i mean like it's uh i'm knocking on that door right now bro yeah i I know you must be (laughs) i'm 45 now dude I'm knocking on that door, bro. <laughs> but I just certainly like at this point in my life, I'm trying like, I, you know, like what good do regrets do you? You know what I mean? Like, I don't regret any of that, the good or the bad. You know what I mean? Like, I certainly wish that we would have been more focused on certain things because we had an incredibly talented crew of cats. And everybody was super creative and offered different things. You know, so I think like commercially or or whatever the word is business-wise it probably could have done better if we focused more on that side of it but we were also young kids running around like you know crazy people and just and just all had a love for music and wanted to you know rock shows and make dope shit and like we certainly accomplished that right you know what i mean and so like i i don't have i don't i i i just can't operate that way you know what i mean like it, it it was done it did what it did it was dope i can I, i'm confident in that and yeah I'm old. I'm old. <laughs> so now I mean? so now you're on a new chapter right so so what is above the clouds radio and who's involved so so i guess let me so i mentioned lumen earlier you know yes. I, one, one of the homies that i met down here early on was was lumen and i met him through through uh pfm as well so lumen is a 
local DJ producer, you know, made hip hop, but he was also into making electronic music, you know, gearhead, super into, you know, uh, production equipment, you know, all that sort of stuff. Him and I clicked up super quick after meeting. We became digging partners. We started getting heavy into record record collecting, buying tons of collections. You know, this is all before Discogs, before all you jackasses knew what was what. We was out here, <laughs> we was out here putting in work, dog. And uh, and so him and I started also DJing together. So we would DJ. I mean, I'm not gonna say all, but we would we would be DJing damn near all the you know local hip hop shit down here, or a lot of it. And um. And so that was my DJ partner for for years, even through the Hover Rock run, you know, when we would play clubs and, and stuff or have, you know, residencies in different places around this, you know, Miami, Fort Lauderdale area, like, you know, it was him and I, we did everything together. So uh, about six or s probably almost seven years ago now, Lumen got approached. He certainly always was the more... Uh, nice guy side of the duo but <laughs> he talked to people he's not a fucking grump like me so, <laughs> so anyway he got he got approached by um like an online radio station that they were starting up when when the whole like development of the Winwood area in miami was happening and it was called winwoodradio.com and people were uh it was going to be one of those things where like people would pay for airtime but the owners wanted to have at least a couple, I don't know how many people they did this with, but they did this with us, with people like that would at least have some kind of name recognition that could garner some listenership to the radio station. And so we never, we didn't pay, like they asked us to be on the station. And we started this, the idea was like, you know, we got these crazy record collections. We're into so much more than just hip hop and, you know, funk and soul and stuff that you can actually play when you go out to DJ. We're into really weird shit, you know, like we both really love free jazz and we both love experimental music and all these other things. And so the the thought was, yo, let's start a show. We'll call it above the clouds because we're gonna go we're gonna go up there. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna take you out there. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's gonna be an all vinyl show. They ain't coming with no Serato. If we don't own it, we don't play it. And and you know, it wasn't a mix show. And we made that clear from the jump. It was more about coming, you know, being able to just spread all sorts of different kinds of music and have it be really free form and not necessarily focus on just obscure stuff. Like I'll play a Jay-Z song and then I'll play a fucking super rare jazz record. You know what I mean? Like right after it, it's, it's all about like, if it's good music is good music. And, and it's, it's really like trying to cater to that sort of crowd, like people that are into everything, people that are open, you know, if you just want to hear dance music, this ain't it. We'll play some dance music, but you're also going to hear some weird African shit or something. Right. You know, like so everything. you'll dance for five minutes, but then you'll have yeah. to stop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it was really that. And so Lumen, Lumen and I did, uh, we did, it, it's a weekly show. So we do it every Saturday. And at the time, the time slot's been always on Saturday. I don't remember what we first started at, but now it's Saturdays from three to five. And uh, he did, it was a weekly show. He did a hundred episodes 
or we did a hundred episodes together. And then he was like, yo, you know, he kind of started getting his DJ, you know, he's a full-time DJ is what he does for a living. He was DJing at a lot of spots and he could be making money if he was, you know, doing that on the weekend. And I was like, dog, I'm chilling. You know, I got a nine to five. This for me, this is really a labor of love. And I, I love being able to talk music and just play music. And if anyone's interested, like that's just the cherry on top. Right. So right. I just kept on doing the show by myself. Eventually, like not long after that hundredth episode, uh, I made the decision to just like, I'm like, yo, the internet is the internet, dog. Like I don't need a pl- I don't have to go to this place physically to broadcast from their studio. Right. I could do the same thing from my crib. You know what I mean? The only thing I would have to do is then set up a website and, you know, put a little bit of money behind it, but it really isn't much. And and start doing that. So I started doing the show um, from the crib. Then COVID hit, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so then it was like, oh shit, you know, what, what do we do? So I start, you know, I, I, and I may be fucking up the timeline a little bit, but at the same time, like my homie Ralph, who I mentioned earlier, he owns a store in in Miami called Found Sound Records, which is obviously I'm biased. He's my homeboy, but it's the best record store down in down in South Florida. Um, dude, just is a music head and right. knows a ton about records, and he's not, you know, he's 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 got a store that like is for the niche, you know, collector looking for more you know different oddballs. obscure shit yeah probably yeah. yeah so you know it's just and it's just interesting it has things that you don't see in most other stores you know like he puts in that work so i was like yo like you know you're gonna you're opening this store oh so this so this actually happened right before covid i knew it was fucking the timeline up it's all right bro <laughs> so he he got the he got the idea to open the store before COVID, and then we was like, well, yo, like let's just do the show live from your spot every Saturday. And it's kind of you know, I mean, you know, it's created a, a small community. There's people who come to the store, they hang out. A lot of times, it's it's young kids, which is super interesting to me. You know, dudes that are getting into beat making, you know, because we play a lot of stuff that you know certainly people could sample. So little beat heads come in, you know, other record dudes come through and hang out every once in a while. So it's building up like a small, you know, community that way. But then COVID right. hit. I, then I had to do it from the crib for a while. And now these past couple of years, since everything freed up, you know, and Florida was kind of the wild, wild western COVID anyway. We weren't on lockdown too long. Right. We uh, Once we were able to get back in the store, we we, 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 we were back in the store. And, and so, yeah, it's a... Uh, for me, it's like my creative outlet right now. You know, it's it's super fun. I still buy tons of records, whether it's from Ralph directly in the store or just, you know, wherever I can get them. Right. And uh, and I yeah, man, I look forward to it every, every Saturday. It's a blast, dude. People come through, we hang out. And it's become what it is now is it's above the college radio.com. And what I'm trying to make it into, although I'm again, not the best at the the business side of things, is uh, is trying to make it into like a, a radio station, right? So like uh, our homegirl, Christina, she's got a program that she does on, on, on the show. She's done about like seven episodes now. I mean, Above the Clouds, we're, I think we just did episode 326 or something. Wow, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, bro. It's crazy to think about. But like, so Christina has her 
program where you know she she gets other local cats to come and play and everything is all vinyl on on the on the station she does that uh i think monthly on a friday uh from like 7 p.m to 10 p.m and then we got my homie robbie who's got another joint called the stone garden where he plays just like really like you know like psyched out uh just super stoner music and uh it's dope real dope dude has a really really good ear for music and 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 they do that from the shop as well so ralph plays with him a lot as well he does that monthly on wednesday afternoons uh and so you know we're trying to like build up a roster of cats who want to like you know put put shows up and then because above the clouds has such like a long history of 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 like backlog of shows that we've already recorded. I, I have the archive of everything we've ever done. I've put that up on the, on a online server. And when we're not on live, it's just randomly playing shows from like the past six. And oh, seven so it, it loops the older shows. So yeah. And it's all random done. and it's all random. Yeah. So it's, it's always something popping, you know? And so like, you know, it's interesting. Like, you know, I, I like to throw it on in the morning when I get in the shower and my wife hates it because she never knows what the hell's going to come on. You know, it might be some some crazy Sun Ra record or it might be right. something peppy to get your morning going. Right, you, know, right. you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what you're going to get. Bro. <laughs> so, so that's the goal. But we're trying to we're trying to focus this year on like really like the website certainly needs to like get redone. It's an old website. I'm using like an old uh, technology to like do the streaming. So like some browsers are not like fully compatible with it right now yeah chrome sucks for certain things man you know yeah so chrome is one of them for sure but i know like it the longer i wait to redo the site like it's it's happening on more stuff so <clears throat> so that's the focus you know and then just like trying to get the word out you know like you know and simple shit getting stickers made getting you know like whatever things like that you know we and then and then we also have like a like a monthly bi-monthly dj gig that ralph and i do at this place in miami called uh, dante's hi-fi uh where it's like promoting the shop and also promoting the radio show and it's just us playing wild ass out there shit you know like something interesting different you know like dante's is a dope place it's like um it's run by rich medina who's the homie shout out rich medina um you know, but they've they've curated it into like a Japanese style vinyl listening bar. Right. But because it's Miami, it has more of a club flair to it. You know, it's not just people sitting, drinking fancy cocktails. And so the way that the night goes is uh, from 7 p.m. to like 10 p.m. is what's called the listening session. And there, like, you're not really trying to rock the party. You're just playing records. You can get on the mic. You can be like, yo, you know, say something interesting about a record or whatever. That's dope. But you're just able to play whatever. You can play really out there stuff, you know. And then as the night progresses, you know, people people start getting a little bit loose. They get some drink in them, you know, whatever. Right. You, you kind of start picking up the tempo and, you know, then play play some more stuff. But even still, like, we, we try to keep it, like, you know, somewhat original. Play stuff that, like, you wouldn't hear on most other nights there, you know what I mean? And and thankfully, like our record collections can allow us to do that. So, so it's dope, man. I mean, so that's like really like from a creative standpoint, what I, the big thing I do now is like above the clouds and then 
little DJ gig here and there, but right. I couldn't be handling staying up that late, dog. That shit is for the birds. <laughs> Once you hit a certain age, you don't want to do it no more, dude. It and just... it ain't my job. You know what I mean? Right. Like, if I needed that bread, then okay. But, like, I'll take your money and I'll buy records with it. But I got a job, dude. Like, I don't I don't need that shit. Right. right. <laughs> so I ain't trying to stay up till 4 a.m. Like, no, bro, <laughs> that shit is brutal. It is brutal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how or what methods do you use to select like like records? Like, is there a certain thing you're looking for or is it more of like, yo, that album cover looks though. It looks interesting. Let me peep it. Well, I mean, it's it's really all of that, dude. Right. Like, you know, the more you get into records, the more you get into liner notes. Seeing who's in the band, who played on it, who did what, you know what I mean? But like there's also records where you ain't going to know anything about it. And you're just like, Oh, this shit looks kind of ill. And if you can scoop it on the cheap, then you buy it. And I mean, that that's really where the internet has become like a really great resource because a lot of times you, you can throw it up on YouTube and just listen to it in the store on your phone and be like, or, you know, Oh shit, this is kind of dope. Like I'm interested right. in this, you know, buy it that way. But, um, you know, when I first started dog, I was, I was pretty much buying anything with, if a dude had an Afro, you know, like, yeah. you know. Just he had soul. He had soul. You know, yeah. he had soul. Oh, this shit is funky right here. I'll feel it. <laughs> you know? um, You know, and then you, you get a little more into it. You're like, oh, these labels make this kind of music. So you start right. buying and you try to buy everything on that label. Or right. I like, like stacks. this. I, yeah. Or I like this producer. Try to find everything Homeboy works on or, you know. So that's that's kind of where I'm at now. But like now it's... um. It's a lot less about uh, trying to buy everything. It's like I'm way more qua- like quality over quantity. Right. You select like it. When, very I, selective. when I first started digging, I was just like, oh, I want, I want everything because, like, you know, I'm, I'm buying everything, buying all that shit. Like, but now I'm just like, I don't even want these records in my house, dog. Like, you know, like, it's how many, how many do you have? I, I don't know. I've never counted thousands yeah yeah for sure it's seven thousand maybe man that's a lot bro no it's too much it's too much dude like i'm in the process now where like i'm 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 getting rid of records dude like i want to i want to slim down to where it's just like this is pure heat right you want solid a solid collection like i'm no longer interested like it has to be something really special to me for it to for for me to want to keep like a record that only has one good song, and there's so many of those, dude. Right, because it had sentimental value, right? Or it's just a fucking banger, you know right. what I mean? But like, I'm just like, dog, you're taking up space for that one song, dog. Like, you know, like, and and I think as I get older, I have less attachment to these things, and I and I'm more of the mindset of like, yo, I've had it, like I've had my time with it, like time. I, I get this bread, I get something new in that I can enjoy instead of this record that I've enjoyed previously and now it's just sitting here. You know what I mean? I, I'm in no race with nobody. Like, you can have more records than me. That's fine, dude. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't mean but shit. I, but at one point it was like, oh, yeah. Look how many I got. Dog. <laughs> you know, like, and I was like, I, I don't care, dude. Right. Like, I just, want, I just want things that I will enjoy and, like, once my time has, like, run with them, set them free dog you know and yo it makes it easy nowadays because there's so much interest in vinyl and 
and the value of these things is crazy. So I'm just like, you're willing to pay me how much for this record? Hell yeah, dog. You can get this shit. I paid 50 cents for this joint. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to give me a thousand? Go ahead. All right, cool. Yeah, dude. Like, for sure, bro. <laughs> because that's that's not like, there are a few records that I will always keep that are super expensive. But yo, honestly, dog, the stuff that I will keep, no one cares. And it's, there's no, there's no like market value for them. You know, it's just like how you were saying. It's just like, I love this record and I'm always going to love it. And I'm always, you know, I always want to have it here so I can play it. But then there's other records that I'm like, I like this song, but man, I can let it go. Right. I'll let that, I'll let that birdie fly. It's good. You know? All right, my man. So what what's next for Kems and Above the Clouds Radio? You got any projects that you're going to be working on or anything you're thinking about working on? So the big thing we're doing this year is like, I mean, certainly I want to revamp the site. I want to, I want to get like more, you know, merch marketing material, if you will, out there. Now, if you need help with that, let me know. Cause I, oh, can I might help. know a guy. Yeah. You might know <laughs> <Yeah>. a guy. <laughs> I should have, yeah. I should have wore my hat, my Arise Creations hat. No, right? it's all good, bro. I'm, I'm not worried yeah. about that, but like, if you need help, I can help you out with that. So no let God, me know. No Appreciate you. Um, but also like trying to um at least for the so and I know it's confusing right because it's above the clouds radio right but then the show that I do is above the clouds as well and now we have these other shows that we're adding on so I've been thinking about like how to not confuse people with that so I, I may end up maybe renaming the show or or the station I'm not I'm not necessarily sure but trying to make it so it's a it's a more presentable package for people. But then from just like the creative show side, like, like I was, I don't know if we were recording or if I told you beforehand, but like, um, I'm heavy, heavy into jazz right now. And my man, Ralph, that I, that I do the show with, he's, he's a wild jazz collector. So we're doing the first Saturday of every month, straight jazz. And it's, and it's some kind of theme to it, you know? So like the, and we started that in January, 2023. So we've done two of the jazz joints. The first one was like all free jazz, you know, we'll do like an all Japanese jazz joint, you know, pick certain labels, you know, I mean, it's infinite, the the different themes that you could do. Right. I want to be able to have like more themed shows, you know, I, people seem to enjoy that um, from feedback I get, like whether it's, you know, through the Instagram page. Now you're recording live where you're, it's video and it's showing you put the records on there or is it just, no. uh, okay, because this is radio. a night. Nice this is an idea that I have for you too that might help uh, blow your shit up a little more. Create a YouTube channel and do it live there too because you can do it simultaneously your your yeah, website yeah. and YouTube and then have a chat room and then have people fucking donate, bro. I see podcasts where people have this button where people could donate a dollar, $10, whatever, and they chat in there. Yo, this jam is dope, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And you can do that simultaneous, yeah. man. Yeah, you know it's crazy, dog. I'm I know you I know you you're talking facts, as the kids say, facts. <laughs> but like when I think <laughs> when I think I'm trying to figure out how to say that. When I think of doing that, dude, I'm like, who the fuck wants to see me put a record on a turntable? But I'm no, just no, like, but you I'm, no, no. You don't even have to be like what I mean live. You don't have to. You could do it the same way you're doing it now. You don't have to have a video on you. Oh, you can just, you can just have a picture of the logo and the oh, music word. playing live. Unless okay. you do want to see your and nah. show people, you know, nah. 
Nah, 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 because you know, <laughs> nah, nah, niggas is out there smoking in the bag. You don't know what's going on. Dog. That's like, fine. They they like all that shit too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, dude. Like, yeah, it's funny. Like, again, I'm bad at the business thing, but yeah, like you're totally right. The other thing that does turn me off to that, and this is again just grumpy old man shit, is like I don't want to be monitoring a chat, nigga. I don't care what you gotta say. Every no, but it wouldn't be for off. you. It'd be more All for like people just to kind of like, you know, talk to each other, maybe because really, yeah, like, like for instance, like, like the, I, the Discord generation, <laughs> right? Because I watch a lot of podcasts and like a lot of the hosts, they ignore that, they ignore the chat room, they let them talk or whatever, but they have a little button on there that says donate, <laughs> and if people like your shit, that's what I'm saying, homie. If people like Weird. your shit, why not? Why not that's get like a hundred dollars? You know, if people donate because they like your shit, you know, or they want you to world, play. Dude. Strange world. I guess my, like, yo, honestly, my mind doesn't like think on those like parameters. Like, my mind does. I just don't execute. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I know, like, the big thing is, like, how do I monetize this? And I'm just right. like, I'm out here kicking it with my homies and playing records. Like, right. this, is, this is great. <laughs> and then like i put it online and someone listens to it phew, even better you know and you know like the, the 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 dope shit is too is like the the website has all the playlists like i want people to be able to go there and then they're like oh this song is dope and then go like investigate and find out more about that kind of music or that right. artist like that's really what i want dude i don't right. want your donations right i got you i got you but I, you know, I appreciate. Believe me, you ain't the first person to tell me that, dog. They're like, "What y'all? What you doing? Cause you ain't taking advantage of your situation." <laughs> I'm like, "No, I, I'm, I'm good, dog. I'm good." As long as you're happy, bro. That's all that matters. I just want to, I just want to share music with people, man. And and no honestly, like, I'm in a position like, and this ain't no like brag. I, I'm in a position where like I'm financially, I'm great, dude. Right. Like I'm, like my job is well paying and. My house is paid for. You know what right. I mean? Like I, I, You're I good. I've, I've never owned a credit card, G, because I don't right. need it. Right. Good for you, man. Good for <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm thankful about that. It's not a brag, dog. It's just like, oh, it's yo, real. coming from being poor ass little old me to this dude, like that. This venture of Above the Clouds Radio, as stupid as it sounds, and people be like, yo, this nigga's bugging. Why is he even saying this shit? It's honestly just like, it's a creative outlet for me. And it's something to share, like, my passion with people. And, and like, the payback for that is, like, yo, good looking for putting me on to this, you know, whatever, you know, like, African psych record. Dope. I love that. Like, that's all I want, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, oh, shit, I, I ain't heard, you know, this Smith & Wesson shit since, you know, 96 or, or <laughs> you know, whatever the year was. Right, right, right. My man, down. <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever. Like that's that's what it's about to me, dude. Um, at this point, dog, because you know, like I, at least for me, I've never been a person as, and and I get you know. I say this with all respect to people who 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 struggle and live check to check, and they're trying to and they're trying to get money any way they can. You do that shit, like I understand that. But I've ne like once I got into a position where like I didn't have to worry about that anymore, money never drove me, dude. Like I always I only did shit because 
I had a passion or a belief in what it was, whether it was the hover rock time where like, not only were they my homies, but like, I believed in their talent. I believed in what they were doing and how dope everybody was. And I wanted to like help spread that word. That's honestly the, like the, the same message that it is with above the clouds. It's just like, I have this passion. I'm, I'm a middle-aged dude who just loves music and probably knows way more than he should about these stupid, obscure things. But if this is something that interests you too, like there's knowledge being kicked on this bitch all day long. Right. Get on board. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so like, and not even from anything that we're saying, we're just putting jewels out there. Like it's heat dog. Like I'm proud of this shit. And like, honestly, like I, I, I can't think of many places where I can go online and hear that variety of music fucking anywhere. Like the shit is, the shit is dope. And you know me, I I ain't a brag bragging guy, but like our shit is fucking dope. And you know the production value may suck because we get on there and the mic's crazy loud and I'm fucking cursing and being a being a dickhead. But when it comes down to it, like ain't nobody playing the kind of music we're playing or doing doing what we're doing, dude. And I'm super proud of that shit. And that's one thing me and Ralph always talk about is like, yo, he come, you know, like we record on Saturdays, then his store is closed Sunday, Monday. He comes back on Tuesday. He puts on the show that we we did on Saturday. And, he's, and he, I'm telling you, like, damn near every week, the nigga hits me up. Yo, this shit is the shit. Like, you know, our <laughs> show is the shit, dog. Like, you know, it's just, it's fire, dude. Like, if you're into music and you're open to everything, like, I can't recommend another, a better place, dude. Word up. There's a lot, and there's a lot of dope places on, on the internet that, that, that play music, but I don't think anybody's playing this variety of shit. I'm no super doubt, my man. Yeah, I'm super proud of it. All right, brother. Thank you so much for doing this, man. I appreciate you. Uh, Verbal Mechanics alumni, I want to give a shout-out to my brother E. I want to give a shout-out to my I wish we had like a game sign, cuz. I'll be throwing yeah. that <laughs> Give a shout-out to Dewey, you know what I'm saying? The whole Shout-out to everybody, man. Everybody. Right. Yeah, man, for sure. Team. And shout-out to you, dog, man. It's fuck, I'm, I'm super glad we're still, you know, somewhat in contact, man. Yeah. You know, I consider you a super close friend, bro. Proud of proud of the stuff you're doing, man. And uh thank you, my man. I'm I'm super honored that you found me half enough interesting to to do a show with me, oh, dude. But, but most uh, people don't realize how interesting they really are. I used to be that way until I had to like smack myself and be like, I'm a pretty nah. interesting dude, you know. Right, so right. maybe you have to slap yourself and realize you're an interesting. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm about to close this laptop and smack the shit out of myself. <laughs> Listen, man, um, give love to your moms and your sister. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, bro. Yeah, um, and, and your wife for le letting me spend time with you. You know what I mean? So no um, let's stay in touch and, and let me know any other projects that pop off, okay? Hell yeah, man. Will do, All right. bro. All right, Much man. love, bro. Love you, brother. Peace out. Love you too, brother. Peace. Peace.